Galatians chapter number 5, Galatians chapter 5, it has been my genuine honor to be a preacher in this meeting several times, to come and preach in this church several times, but I am going to be very bold tonight, and I'm going to speak to you as a pastor tonight. I'm not pastor of this church, I'm not pastor of any of the churches represented here tonight, but I do want to speak to you as a pastor this evening. This is a transitional message. We've, we've been through a great Bible conference and God has done many things in our lives and we're going to step out tomorrow into the next part of our lives and what are we going to do from here on out. And the Bible says in Galatians 5 and verse number 16, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Holy Spirit would not write that to save people if both options weren't available to us. You can assuredly walk in the Spirit. You can assuredly walk after the flesh. And the Bible says in verse number 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest. Don't you wish it said before you got saved, the works of the flesh are manifest? But now, now they're manifest. And, and I don't even want to read, read them tonight because I, I'm on the clock. And I don't want to talk about them. The Bible says in verse 22, but, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. I believe that a mother unsaved loves her children. I believe that a man unsaved can love his wife. I believe a soldier unsaved can love his country. But I believe there's a call to love in the Bible. Love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, Love those that don't love you. I believe that requires the Holy Spirit to take me farther than I could go in the energy of the flesh. I believe there is joy to be had in this life. I believe unsaved people enjoy life. There's much about life to enjoy. The the, the waterfalls and the sunrises and the sunsets and birthdays and winning a game. uh, But but when the doctor's report is terrible and when the layoff comes at the job, we're called upon to rejoice always. So I need the Holy Spirit to take me farther than my flesh can take me. Peace is tranquility, it's rest, it's confidence, it's comfort, and everyone in the world has that until the world turns upside down. And then the Holy Spirit can provide the peace of God which passeth all understanding. So there's a word here that is, is terribly misunderstood, but it's one of the nine aspects of the fruit of the Spirit It's meekness. And it won't do you any good to look it up because the origin of the word is, is, some say Scandinavian languages, some say Romance languages. It's meek, it's meek, it's M-Y-K, it's M-U-K, and it means flowing water, which makes no sense. (laughs) The fruit of the Spirit is flowing water. The fruit of the Spirit is... And then I'm out with a group of teen boys from our church, and we are on a trip because in in Florida, the water doesn't move because we're below sea level or at sea level. Uh, Mr. Trump didn't know you can't drain a swamp. The swamp is the drain. (laughs) He's from New York. He didn't know. 
But every time we go to Carolina, every time we go to the mountains, the boys look at the water and see the water running and look at the rocks, and it's just irresistible. They have to throw rocks at the water. And they throw small ones and then larger ones and then ones they can hardly lift, and then three of them try together to lift a rock. And, and it doesn't matter how many times they hit that water and with what force they hit that water, and how large a bomb they drop upon the river, it just keeps flowing as though it never happened. And you know what the Holy Spirit, you know what, you know what I need the Holy Spirit to do in my life? I need Him to help me keep flowing like I was flowing before that rock hit me. Like I was, flo- like I was flowing before that big one was dropped in my river. And I'm telling you tonight, it's not possible for me to be like Christ in the energy of my flesh. I must yield to the power of his Holy Spirit to take me, listen, not only where I don't, uh, not, not only where I can't go without him, but where quite honestly, I don't want to go without him. My flesh doesn't want to keep flowing as though nothing happened. In my friendships, in my marriage, in my church life, in in the world in which I live. But the Holy Spirit, he wants to be in me a river of living water springing up. Not when it's easy to love and not when it's easy to have joy and not when peace comes automatically, but when it doesn't. And I want to show you from the Bible tonight that it's absolutely possible for God to help me be Christ-like. And that's the real challenge. I can learn the Bible, quote the Bible, preach the Bible on the street, in the church. I can, I can lead a lost man to Jesus Christ. But, oh, when it comes down to flowing, when the kids are on the bank skipping the stones across my life, that's the challenge. And all of you are going, to, well, some of you are going to stay here. The rest of you are going to go back home like I have done through all these years of my life. And, and it's such a great meeting. And you're going to get home Sunday and realize there's more people in the choir here than there are in your congregation. And the singing doesn't sound the same. And all those handshakes and good to see you and glad you're here, they're going to turn into a line of people to tell you about what the doctor said and what happened on the job and, and what went wrong with the children. And, and, and this, is, this is a blessing. But you're going to go back home and the rocks are going to start flying again because that's just what they do. The kids don't know why they're throwing the rocks in the water. And people don't know why they're hurting each other. It's just what we do. Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12, Moses was meek. Anybody think he was a sissy? It can't mean a pushover. It can't mean some wimpy fellow. It can't mean somebody just surrenders to be trampled upon. Moses took on Pharaoh. That's no, that's no coward deed. Moses made that gold Kool-Aid there at the foot of Mount Sinai. Pass that around. That's... He said, drink it. Why didn't they say no? <laughs> they outnumber him two million to one. <laughs> He's a man's man. 
But the Bible says in Numbers 12 and verse 1, And Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses. That's his sister. That's his brother. And not just about anything. They spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. And since you can't believe Moses would do that, the Holy Spirit says, For he had married an Ethiopian woman. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? But <laughs> Before God wrote it down, he heard you say, uh-uh. <laughs> but he did. And Miriam didn't like it. Well, you don't have to marry an Ethiopian man if you don't like it. And Aaron didn't like it. Well, guess what, Aaron? She's not your wife. But when your brother and your sister criticize you because they don't like your wife, man, that's that literally is right in the living room. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Look at the parentheses. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And you can just see them. See, see, God wants all three of us. And they three came out. And the Lord came down the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle. Now he doesn't do this often. It's pretty serious business. And called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. I've had all kinds of situations uh, since I started pastoring 40 years ago. And God's never showed up in the church door in a cloud. He, he just kind of leaves me to work it out. But anyway, he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known unto him in a vision. I will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses, not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? <laughs> didn't go the way they thought it would. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed, and the cloud departed off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. Now that's funny. You, you, you know what God said? Oh, you like white skin? Try that. That white enough for you? <laughs> Come on. He could have given her anything. He could have blinded her. He could have made her deaf. He made her white. <laughs> Don't like Ethiopian? Try this. <laughs> and Aaron looked upon Miriam and behold, she was leprous. Now watch what happens. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed, when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. Come on, this is, this is simple. It's simple to read. It's simple to understand. It takes the Holy Ghost to live it. Had Miriam never criticized Moses' wife and she got sick, he would have prayed for her. Had Aaron never turned his voice against his brother and Miriam got sick, 
Moses would have prayed for her. But after Miriam spake against her brother, after Aaron hurt his brother and damaged their family, would you pray for Miriam? And Moses said, I'll be glad to. Why? Because he was the same man before they hurt him and the same man after they hurt him because he was very meek. Do you want to stay happily married? Be meek. Do you want to have lifelong friendships? Be meek. Do you want to enjoy church until the rapture? Be meek. Don't keep score. Don't try to get even. Don't carry around the weight and the burden of the stone that was thrown your way. Let it sink to the bottom and just let the water wash over it. No one's denying that Miriam is wrong. No one's denying that Aaron is wrong. No one is suggesting that Moses wasn't hurt. But he wasn't changed by the hurt. And that's your challenge. That's my challenge to be conformed to the image of Christ, not conformed to the image of the things that are causing us trouble and pain. That's the challenge. Look in your Bible in 2 Samuel chapter 16. 2 Samuel chapter number 16. David was the king, and now Absalom is the king, and David is being driven out of town. In shame and humiliation. And it's about to get worse. Second Samuel chapter 16, verse number 5. When King David came to Behurim, behold, thence came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, son of Gerah. He came forth and cursed still as he came. And he cast stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And thus said Shimei when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. David is not a man of Belial. And David did not take this man's relative Saul off the throne. In fact, he went to great measure to keep Saul on the throne. The man's lying. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose stead thou hast reigned, and the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom thy son. Behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. And David's got some good friends, some loyal friends, some trusted companions. Then said Abishai the son of Zeruiah unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? So what's worse than a dog? A dead dog. Now you might keep a crippled dog, a blind dog, a stinky dog, a flea-bit dog, but you're not keeping a dead dog. He said, let, let, me, let me take him. Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. And the king said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeruiah? Let him curse. Because the Lord has said unto him, Curse David. Who shall then say, Wherefore hast thou done so? 
And David said to Abishai and all his servants, Behold, my son, which came forth of my bowels, seeketh my life. How much more now may this Benjamite do it? Let him alone, let him curse, for the Lord hath bidden him. It may be that the Lord, look, 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 look. Zeruiah says, look at Shimei. And David said, guys, look at the Lord. David said, or Zeruiah said, listen to Shimei. And David said, let's go see if we can hear from the Lord. There will always be a Shimei in your life. Brother, sister, young man, young lady, you set out to serve God. Somebody's going to try and discourage you, hurt you, stop you. You can't help but hear them. But you don't have to pay attention. You can't help but know they're there. But you don't have to stop there where they are. David said, it may be that the Lord will look on mine affliction and that the Lord will requite me good for his cursing this day. No one is denying that it hurt David to be cursed by this low life. Nobody is denying that it hurt David to be run out of town. No one's denying that. But David said, I'm not going to get through this if I stop every time a Shimei hollers insults at me. I'm going to go on and see if I can find a place where God will give me another song. I'm going to go on and see if I can find a place where God will give me another blessing. I'm not stopping here. I'm going to keep flowing. And look at the next verse. And David, and as David and his men went by the way, Shimei went along on the hillside over against him and cursed as he went and threw stones at him and cast dust. Can, you, you know, if, if, the, if we stop right there, that's about as low down as it gets. You've lost your throne, you've lost your house, you've lost your son, you've lost your crown, and now these, these nobodies are throwing dirt at you and cursing you and ridiculing you and, and rubbing your face in it. And the king and all the people that were with him came weary and refreshed themselves. And what a word, there. There. He didn't find refreshment by sneaking back into the palace. He didn't find refreshment by raising an army and overthrowing Absalom. He didn't find refreshment by cutting off Shimei's cursing head. With all of that going on, he kept seeking the Lord and seeking the Lord and seeking the Lord And there was refreshment in a place where the flesh couldn't find it. There was refreshment in a place where you'd never think it could be found. You've been hurt in your home? Been hurt in your friendships? Been hurt in your life? Every hand would go up. Of course we have. The Holy Spirit of God has refreshment and blessing for you even there. 
if you will choose to allow him to govern your heart and not let your flesh take control of your heart. Your flesh says, why don't you be like Shimei? The Holy Spirit says, let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving. Let's just keep moving. There's a refreshing, a blessing to be had. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. You know, Moses and David, great men, they did that without the indwelling Holy Spirit. <laughs> they did that without regeneration. Oh, what is available to us tonight? Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 1. Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Paul had it. Where did he get it? Holy Spirit. Who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. Chapter 12, same book, Second Corinthians 12, verse number 14. Behold, the third time I am ready to come to you, I will not be burdensome to you, but for I, I seek not yours but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Watch it. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Can we, can we agree? That violates nature. That goes against not only everything I am, but everything I am capable of being. I can love you. And if you don't love me as much, I can love you. And if, if you kind of stop loving me, I'm going to kind of stop loving you. If you treat me badly, I'll just forget about you. But inside is this Holy Spirit of God. And the Holy Spirit says, I can do better than that. Why don't you let me have the governing power in your... Now, now wait, you say, well, I'm not capable of that. I'm going to tell you what you are. Because your children... Oh, they're, they're such a blessing. They're such a joy. I come to church. I see children all running all over the place. And it's such a blessing because they're not mine. <laughs> I don't have to fix what they break. I don't have to clean up the messes that they make. I don't have to sit up with them when they're sick. So let's talk about your wonderful children. Seven, eight, nine, 12, 14 years old. Don't pay rent. Don't buy groceries. Don't help with the car insurance. Why do you keep spending all that money on them? Why do you keep pouring your life into them? And then they get, you know, 15, 16, the UFO comes over, takes your kid, leaves the clone. You hope at 19 or 20 they'll bring it back. <laughs> The real one, not this one. And why do you take from your children what your neighbors wouldn't take? They don't want your kids coming back over there. A kid did that in my house. I don't want that kid over here in my house. You understand? 
Your children, your children have done more to disappoint you than all other children combined. Your children have cost you more than all other children combined. Your children have received more and shown less appreciation than is imaginable. Every parent, every parent remembers saying, I'll tell you what, when I'm a dad, it's going to be different. It's not going to be different. <laughs> and you're going to use the same expressions. <laughs> I, remember, I remember yelling something at my son one time and thinking, that's the very thing I said I would never say. Well, why do we keep doing that? There's just some, some kind of special love in our hearts for our children. You know what the Lord said? I can expand that. I can show you how to have that kind of love for your friends. I can show you how to have that kind of love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And then I can show you how to have, how to have that love for people when they have become unlovely. You know, Paul, he got this church going at Corinth. And it's a good church. Save people born again, confirmed unto the end, coming behind in no gift. You, you read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, you think, man, this is going to be a great letter. And then you read chapters 1 through 16, they are a disaster. But he sent them a letter and told them how to clean it all up. And then he comes there a second time. And they're a disaster. And he writes them a letter and he says, you know, the first time I wrote a letter, you still loved me. But when I came and saw how bad things were and I wrote you a second letter, you stopped loving me. But I'm going to come a third time. And I just want you to know before I get there. I love you as much as I did the day I led you to Christ. You know what that is? That's not a man serving God in the energy of his flesh. That's a man who has allowed the Holy Spirit to take him farther than he could have gone in his own natural ability or desire. God did it for Moses. He can do it for me. God did it for David, he can do it for you. If God did it for Paul, he can do it for all of us. Now, you know why you're saved tonight? I'm going to show you something. Come to Matthew 21. Matthew 21, I'm, I'm, I'm watching your time. Matthew 21. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. Can we admit tonight there's only one person who could ever say, I don't deserve to be treated like this? That, that would be Jesus. It wouldn't be me. It wouldn't be you. I mean, honestly, if, if, if we just started at the front row, went to the back row, and the Lord just started handing out what we deserve, this place would look like Sodom and Gomorrah. Right? I mean, he just torched the place. Don't get a modern version that says confess your sins one to another. <laughs> we have enough trouble with faults. Come on. I don't deserve to be saved. You don't deserve to be saved. Wasn't for eternal security. I wouldn't made it an hour, and neither would you. Is that fair? But Jesus Christ, 
went about doing good. That's what he did. He encountered sick people, he healed them. Raised dead people, put people's lives back together, cleansed lepers and sent them home to their families. Right? Never sinned, never, never did anybody wrong. And so people appreciate that. Matthew 21, verse number 1. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage unto the Mount of Olives, they sent, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion... Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Skip a word just for the moment. And sitting upon an ass and a colt, the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the ass and the colt and put on them their clothes. And they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was coming to Jerusalem, all the city was moved saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. What an entry. What a reception. What praise rightly given. What praise well deserved. I don't think they're lying. I don't think they're faking it. It is springing forth from their hearts. Hosanna, Hosanna, waving the palm branches, throwing the garments in the way so the donkey upon which he is riding doesn't step in the dirt and and throw up dust. It's such a scene of worship and, and appreciation. Keep your place. Matthew 27. One week later, The same crowd, in the same city, Matthew 27, 19, when he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, have thou nothing to do with him, uh, with this, that, that just man, for I've suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. I always wondered if she dreamed, saw her husband sitting on that throne judging Jesus, and in her dream, God took her into the future and saw Jesus on a throne judging her husband. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. And the governor answered and said unto them, Whether the twain will will ye that I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why, what evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. What happened to Hosanna? What happened to blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord? The same crowd that cried, Hosanna, is crying, crucify him. And you know what Jesus has the power to do? Just wipe the whole thing out and start over again or not. Just open up the pit and let everybody go straight to hell forever He has the power to do that. 
Come back to Matthew 21. Verse 5. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee meek. Meek. You see, when Jesus went to Jerusalem, his purpose was to lay down his life for sinners. And when he got there, he was welcomed as the Messiah that he was. And when the crowd greeted him, they received him as they should have. For he was indeed the hope of Israel. In fact, the Savior of the world. But one week later, they changed. And he went to the cross like he intended to do. And he took their sins and yours upon himself like he intended to do. Not because he was weak, not because he was powerless, not because he had no say in the matter. But because he was meek. Their turn from praise to rejection didn't change him. And because he wasn't changed by our mistreatment of his holy person, he went to that cross just like he intended to do. And he died for their sins and for ours just like he intended to do. And for sake of time, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not reading something into the Bible. It's not there. I'm just going to tell you. In God's law, if you committed premeditated murder of a man you knew to be innocent, you died without mercy. But if you, if you killed a man without understanding, without intent, you could flee to a city of refuge and live. And the Jews plotted, the Jews conspired, the Jews hired men to perjure themselves, false witnesses, false accusations, a false trial. They got a conviction, they got Christ put on a cross. And the meek Lord Jesus Christ said, Father, forgive them, listen, for they know not what they do. Do you know what Jesus Christ did? He didn't save all their souls. Do you know what he did? He reduced the charge to manslaughter so they could live. They know not what they do. That opens the door to the city of refuge. They know not what they do. Then if they choose to own their guilt, they can flee to a place of safety and be spared. And do you know why you have eternal life, though? You have sinned against the holy God in every way imaginable. Because it didn't change his heart. And when you read all those passages in the Old Testament, and Brother Marshall read one this morning, if you read about these blessings of Israel, if you go on down the next paragraph, he says, and you turned against me, so I cast you off. And tonight we sit here eternally secure in the palm of God's hand with his promise, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you, and you have done a thousand things in a week. 
to disappoint your wonderful Savior, and so have I. I have a Savior because his heart doesn't change. And I am still saved because his heart doesn't change. And brother, our people pour their lives into bus children and their families. And it doesn't always turn out okay. We pour our lives into prison ministries and jail ministries and, and juvenile detention centers. And you just wish when those people were released that they stayed on the path they were walking while they were incarcerated. And I'm just telling you that I've been a, a disappointment to my wife. I've been a disappointment to my children. I've been a disappointment to my church. I've been a disappointment to my Savior. And I'm sure thankful for their meekness. Not weakness, their meekness. And all of us, if we're honest, have been something far less to one another than what we should have been. And I would just call upon you tonight. We've had a great meeting. We've had highs. And I, I wrestled with this because I don't want to end down instead of up. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just asking you, let the Holy Spirit teach you to be as merciful and gracious and loving and kind to others as God is to you. Don't make it merit-based because you don't want God dealing with you merit-based. Is that okay? You say, that man insulted my wife. You mean like Aaron and Miriam. You say, that man told lies about me. You mean like Shimei. You say, I poured my life into those church people and they didn't appreciate it. You mean like the Christians at Corinth. You say, I gave my all to people and look what I got for it. You mean like Christ. I would say to you tonight that all these years later, who would you rather be? Moses or Aaron? Who would you rather be, David or Shimei? Who would you rather be, Paul or a fornicator at Corinth? Who would you rather be, like Christ or like those who cried crucify him? Brother, sister, we've heard about witnessing this week. I can't measure up to that. We've heard about all different areas of service this week. I can't measure up to that. We've heard about having a right heart toward others. I can't measure up to that. That's why the Lord didn't just die for your sins and didn't just save you and didn't just give you eternal life. He put His Holy Spirit inside of you to enable you to do what only God can do. But he's working in you and working through you 
And we can all do better with the Holy Ghost in control than we're capable of with the flesh in control. Is that fair? It takes me varying lengths of time to get things worked out when they happen to me in my life. But I can tell you something. Knowledge of the Bible hasn't kept me in church. And preaching the word and studying the word, and I agree with everything we've said this week about the Bible, but it hasn't kept me in the ministry. And energetic zeal in serving the Lord has not kept me happily married. You've got to get some meekness. Kids just throw rocks in the river. That's what they do. Keep flowing. Keep flowing. Keep flowing. Keep flowing. It's better, it's better to keep flowing than let Aaron, Shimei, Corinthians, cursing mobs stop you. They can't stop you. Your heart can stop you. Let the Holy Spirit have his way in your heart and just keep on flowing. Heavenly Father, I ask tonight, Lord, that you would help us to remember the many dangers, toils, and snares through which we have already come. And rejoice in knowing that your grace has brought us safe this far and your grace will lead us home. Father, I pray tonight for husbands and wives who've set aside trouble for a week of Bible conference. Lord, give them victory through meekness. Lord, I pray for brothers and sisters who have been at odds. Set things aside for Bible conference. I pray you give them victory through meekness. And Father, everyone that's discouraged, some report, some hurt, some falsehood, some misunderstanding, Lord, would you help us like David to say, I am not going to stop here and focus on Shimei. I'm going to keep going and focus on my Lord Help us, Father, please. Lord, may we leave this Bible conference in victory. You've been so good to us. Have your way in our hearts in the invitation time. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. The music's playing, the altar's open, many are here. Pray where you are, come to an altar. If the Lord has shown you something from his word tonight, let him work it deep down in your heart. You'll be so glad you did.